Okay, today we come to Matthew chapter 10, and it begins with the list of um, Jesus' 12 disciples, and then him sending them out and warning them of persecution, but also ending the chapter with uh, rewards, talk of rewards. So it's a great chapter. So let's, um, let's see what uh, is noteworthy here. So the chapter begins with just, I guess, this thing, Jesus calls us to go. This chapter begins with Jesus calling his 12 disciples, like I just said, verses 1 through 4. And if you think about them and study them, you, you see that they were a very diverse group of men. Um, some were from very working class backgrounds, like Peter, Andrew, James, and John were all from fishing families. Some of them had more wealth, like Matthew, although as a tax collector, he had not gained all of his wealth in an honest way. Uh, Simon the Canaanian was most likely a, a political activist who was opposed to Roman rule over the Jewish people. I mean, that it was an eclectic bunch, but just think about those two right there. Matthew, who was a tax collector, and most people saw tax collectors as uh, sort of buddying up with the Roman Empire, and you've got Simon the Cananean, who was an activist against the Roman Empire. And those two opposite ends of the political spectrum were both disciples of Jesus Christ. There's, that's a good lesson to us. See things through the lens of the Scriptures. See things through the lens of, of Jesus Christ. Don't see it through the lens of political parties <laughs> because they were both disciples of Jesus. But verse 1 begins by telling us that Jesus called to him his 12 disciples. And the obvious question is, what was the first thing he did with them? Well, verse 5 tells us, these 12 Jesus sent out. The basic meaning of the word disciple is learner or student. But these same men, with the exception of Judas, who betrayed Jesus, are also called apostles in the Bible, the basic meaning of which is sent ones. So these men that Jesus called to himself were to sit under him and learn from him, but also to take his words and the message of his lordship and salvation to the ends of the earth. And I think from this, we need to be reminded that Jesus has the same calling on us. We too are to sit under him and learn from his word. But just like the 12 in this chapter, we're to take his words and the message of his lordship and his salvation to the ends of the earth. That is littered throughout the New Testament. And those two tasks go together as followers of Christ. If we don't get in the word of God and study it and let it feed our souls, we will be ill-equipped at best and probably unequipped to take the gospel to the lost as we're commanded. The idea of a follower of Jesus being unwilling to be a witness of the gospel to unbelievers is foreign to the New Testament. The one who refuses that task and pushes the responsibility off on someone else, has little evidence to prove he's a genuine follower of Christ who calls all his disciples to be fishers of men. I mean, we're, we all fall short in many ways, but we're all called to be fishers of men. So Jesus calls us to go, but then as this chapter proceeds, you realize that going is hard. So Jesus calls the twelve to himself, verse 1. He sends them out in verse 5 on mission. 
But he's very honest with them and tells them in verse 16, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. He tells them in verse 17, To beware of those they will encounter. He tells them of persecution they will surely face in verses 17 through 19. And if you know anything of church history, you'll know that tradition holds that most of these 12 men were eventually martyred, that is, put to death for their faith. In fact, martyrdom, uh, the martyrdom of James, the son of Zebedee, that is referenced in verse 2, is, re- is actually recorded for us in Acts chapter 12, verse 2. The point for us is this. When we are faithful to witness, as these first disciples were faithful to witness, we can and should expect some measure of difficulty as they did. Jesus, in fact, promised it in John 15. The Apostle Paul, who is very well acquainted with persecution and hardship, as you can read that in 2 Corinthians 11, also promised that hardship awaits everyone, as he put it, everyone who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 3.12. But is this where Jesus leaves it? I mean, does he simply tell his followers to go and then, sorry, there's going to be rough patches, deal with the consequences? No, that's not what Jesus does. He actually gives those who are obedient to be faithful witnesses of his gospel two really wonderful promises. The first one being his sovereign provision and his care here and now. And two, eternal reward for our faithfulness. He promises both in this chapter. And let me just say a quick word about both of those. Sovereign provision and care. That's his first uh, promise we see here. And I want you to notice that even before Jesus sent out these 12 disciples on their mission, Matthew makes sure to tell us that he, quote, gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal every disease and affliction. That's verse 1. In other words, he prepared them for the task that he was about to give them, even before he gave them the task. And even further, when he warns them of certain persecution, he admonishes them not to worry and not to be anxious. Why? Because he promises that the Holy Spirit will be with them and give them words to speak when that day comes. That's verses 19 and 20. And furthermore, he can urge them to have no fear because our Heavenly Father promises to take care of our every need. Verses 28 through 31. So what a privilege we have to walk and live in the comfort of knowing that we are safely in the sovereign hands of God when we walk in faithful obedience to his commands, even when hardship comes. So that's his first promise, sovereign provision and care. But that second promise is eternal reward in the future for our faithfulness here and now. That's at the very end of the chapter. So Jesus ends this chapter reminding his disciples of the eternal reward that they will one day reap for their faithfulness to him. Jesus declares that those who are unwilling to give their lives to him fully and follow him are not worthy of him. But all who spend their lives giving their lives fully to him will find eternal life and be saved in the end. That's verse 22 and verse 39. So I guess the admonition is, let's follow Christ wholeheartedly today in the full assurance that the reward Jesus holds out for us is far greater than anything this world could ever give. And that's Matthew chapter 10.